0: Today's Bible reading is taken from Luke 6, chapter 37 to 42. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the blank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Super blessed to be able to be with you today, and just to participate in this series you've been doing on kingdom living and the um, exploration of the Sermon on the Plain. I've been kind of dumbfounded by the number of churches and pastors that I've connected with since the beginning of 2021 who have heard or sensed from the Holy Spirit this invitation to explore the teachings of Jesus this year with their church communities and. You know, for um, particularly the churches I've connected with who who don't normally follow the the liturgical church calendar, um, it's actually astonishing how many have had this sense of just deep dive into the teachings of Jesus, the red letter edition kind of. Um, if you understand some some of that idea that the the bits that Jesus says, how do we take them very seriously and re explore the Gospels? And so. Um, yeah, churches, uh, denominations exploring the Beatitudes, um, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, or in your case, the Sermon on the Plain. And actually, when I received the invitation to speak to your community, I had to laugh because the exact text here that we're going to look at today in Luke 6 is the very text that I had just preached to my own church community the Sunday before. So For me, there's this clear sign that the Holy Spirit is speaking and inviting and calling The Church, capital C, to really re-engage meaningfully right now in the current cultural um, climate uh, to pay very close attention to the teachings of Jesus and to um, do a deep dive into understanding how much are we His disciple, maybe over against being disciples of the culture. I wonder if you've ever gotten it way wrong the very first time you met somebody. Um, Maybe you thought they were much younger younger or much older than they actually were and you realized later your mistake or maybe it was a little bit more overt of a bias. You thought they weren't very educated and then you found out that they really were or that they probably hadn't had a lot of experience and then you of course discover that they, they do have a lot of experience. We've all made mistakes where our judgments Um, our initial first impressions were wrong. I sometimes find them on the receiving end of that, um, the apology when someone later comes to me and says, I totally had you pegged wrong. And it usually has to do with the fact that I have a hidden disability. I'm quite profoundly hearing impaired and rely on lip reading to hear. And if you don't know that about me and you meet me, uh, a few odd things can happen. One, I can just miss a lot of social cues because I didn't hear a question getting asked or an introduction being made. And I can kind of come off as being quite rude. Or I can think I've heard and made a terrible blunder. And then nobody realizing that I'm, you know, have this uh, disability might think that I'm quite odd. And um, later when they realize, they'll come and say sorry to me and explain. And uh, often we both have a good laugh at my mistake um, and their misjudgment. But of course, it's not always so humorous. Sometimes our judgments can alienate or cause pain for another person in ways that if we really understood their story or if we could see with the eyes of Jesus, um, we probably wouldn't have had that same way of relating. And I think it's not just detrimental to the person on the receiving end, the one who's being judged, but it's actually quite detrimental for the person who's relating in unhealthy ways to those around them. And Jesus speaks to this in Luke chapter 6, and it's going to be our exploration today. So just humor me if you can join here and read along Luke 6, 37 to 42. In just these few verses, Jesus really gets at how we relate toward other people, and how we might need to radically change. Beginning in verse 37, do not judge and you will not be judged, Jesus says. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank protruding from your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So there's this contrasting that's happening here in Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Plain, where he's saying um, the don'ts and the do's. The don'ts have to do with judgment, Um, don't judge, don't condemn, and the do's have to do with posture of generosity, particularly with regard to forgiveness and obedience to the teacher. Um, and the idea here, I love this picture of if the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And then he has this, um, word picture, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I don't know if you've ever had to restock something in your pantry, um, and, or, or in another context, um, I have often, uh, granola that I prepare for my family. And then when I'm trying to fit it into the big jar after baking it, Um, I often will sift it or shake it or, you know, try to help it settle down so I can just fit a little bit more in. And it's that picture that it'll be all shaken and pressed down and it'll still be overflowing into your lap. This picture of abundance in your place of rest um, that you won't even have to work at it. It'll overflow from your life this abundant, generous giving to the other, particularly forgiveness, but any other kind of generosity. Forgiven, it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you, Jesus says. So um, then you look at the don'ts and the don'ts have to do with the judgment and the condemning. And he uses this word picture again of like a plank, a huge board sticking out of an eye while you're trying to bend over and pull a speck of sawdust out of someone else's eye. Of course, Jesus was a carpenter. And so he's using um, the kinds of everyday things that he would have worked with boards and dust. Uh, and he's saying, don't get at the minutiae in someone else when you've got a bigger issue yourself. Um, One leaves a very lasting impression that's positive, the the generosity, the forgiveness, the embodiment of grace, and then the other leaves a very lasting negative impression and even a wounding, and that, of course, has to do with the judgment and the condemning. I wonder if this is particularly a poignant word for the church in Canada today. Doesn't matter. Uh, You're in a different church community than me. We're different parts of the church. Um, different contexts across the country. But right now, judgment seems to have an awful lot to do with how we relate in the Canadian society, and um, particularly even in the church. I I know that many people have been dumbfounded by sort of the vitriol that bubbled up and spewed between people, even people who claim to follow Christ, um, maybe on social media during the pandemic. Um, our positions and our perspectives on politics and vaccinations and um, restrictions, you name it. All of a sudden, we we started to see uh, a lot of judgment going on between parts of the body of Christ and toward the wider society. More recently, with the discovery of children in unmarked graves in various um, former residential school sites across the country, we are... Um, hopefully disrupted and very um, saddened by what we kind of knew from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, if we were paying attention for the last six years, but by what we did not want to face as a society. And now in view of things that have begun to emerge, there is judgment, there's a a wanting to minimize the the heart cry, the lament, the anger um, of our indigenous people. There's um, a lot of politicizing in the responses and again, much judgment. Recently, we've been talking in my own church community about what it means to be good news people and how to embody the teachings of Jesus in the culture, in the world around us. What does it mean that we are given the ministry of reconciliation, the New Testament talks about? Um, What does this mean in view of the The realities that are being exposed in the wider society. And rather than getting down into the nitty-gritty of this or that sawdust, if you will, um, we've got to first address if there's planks sticking out of our own eye as we try to be present and relate to people um, in our everyday existence. So we need to hear these words from Jesus in Luke 6 in the context of our real life, our everyday existence as people who are called to embody the way of Jesus, being trained by our teacher, Um, not the blind leading the blind, but the one who has the ultimate sight. Of course, this is God himself. And Jesus embodied the way, the humility, the serving, the losing of one's life, the letting go of power. And Jesus calls us to also change our posture. He's the one who actually gets to be the great judge. We don't. Um, And he's telling us that we must change our posture and the way we relate to one another. Recently, when I was speaking to my own church community, I had a panel of people who talked about times they'd gotten it horribly wrong. And my friend Merlin shared a story that I wanted to share with you this morning that was so profound in how it impacted many of us. And because we get to um, communicate in the digital world these days, preaching, I thought... You know what I'm going to invite Merlin to share in his own words and so I'm going to let you hear what he has to say about a time that he got it way wrong and the Lord really got at the plank that was protruding from his own life in the way that he related to others. Have a listen. So Merlin, you and I obviously know each other, but the, the good folks at uh, First Baptist don't know you, mm-hmm. um, so you're the founding pastor of the church that I now help lead, Epic Vineyard Church in Calgary, um, but you've been doing something else with your life in your vocational hours for some time, where do you spend your, your days?
2: Well, these days I spend it uh, more in the marketplace. And so back in 01, 02, we planted a couple of epics. One was the church and one was a roofing company. Right. So uh, the roofing company's grown to a multiplicity of companies. So we're a group of, of businesses in the construction sector. So I spend uh, a large part of my week yeah. leading uh, a team of a employees. Fleet of a fleet of fleet <laughs> of trucks and a team of employees yeah. and residential exteriors and roofing.
1: Great. I like that you have an on-the-ground life, that you get to embody faith and make space and do creative things to help others flourish and maybe find bump into Jesus along the way.
2: Yeah, I've been introduced as the priest that does our roofs a few times. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I love it. So Merlin, when we did this uh, conversation in our community, our church, about judgment and the plank spec kind of text. You told a crackerjack story <laughs> that really resonated with lots of us, but it's one I'll never forget. And um, you know, I'm putting you on the spot and <laughs> making you be the <laughs> tell the embarrassing story about how God got at your judgment. But um, I wonder if you you tell it for us. I think it's probably a bit poignant for us all. For
2: sure, stumbled stumbled onto this one quite innocently. So, uh, a number of years ago, uh, Lance, our uh, firstborn, was just a baby. Right. I was on staff at Brackers Bible College in Saskatchewan at that time. So we were going to head back to uh, Manitoba to hang out weekend with some really, really dear friends. And so we took a bit of a northern route and left kind of Regina North to go to Saskatoon and then across to Manitoba. So along the way, and we were driving just...
1: Summertime.
2: It was a summertime. We were driving a 72 camper van vw camper van you had a bus not not the most uh, dependable vehicle no but but a pretty cool vehicle (laughs) and so the kids still wish we had it today yeah i bet so we were probably um maybe a couple hours north of regina had just left like the last gas station was probably about 8 10 kilometers uh, back Mm -hmm. i'm just a problem with the van and so i stopped it looked underneath and saw oil pouring all over oh. and this was kind of not in a place with a lot of traffic. And so right. had to make a decision as to what to do. So I ended up leaving my wife and our little one year old in the van and I hitched a ride back to, cause there was no cell reception there. I did have one of the earlier cell phones, wow, the big was Motorola, say, the big Motorola, the big Motorola box that's
1: like 25 years ago. That's
2: right. It was the year one of Motorola, wow. but no reception. Okay. And so ended up having to go back to uh, that gas station, right. and so hitched a ride. I forget some farmer, you know, brought me back. there, hitched a ride, went back, uh, called the tow truck. It was going to come in about an hour or two, and so then I thought, well, I've been gone for a good hour and a half. Right. Better get back there to uh, protect my wife and little one on the side of the road. So I began to hitch a ride back. Back and f- cars were far and few in between and a few passed, and then one passed, and I saw the brake lights on, and it started slowing, and as I was, I still remember looking into the, the back window mm-hmm. of the car, going, okay, I'm not sure if I like the thought of hitching a ride with these guys, because three gnarly looking dudes in the car, long hair, all of my prejudices began to rumble quite quickly, yeah. and uh, I walked up to the car, jumped in, sure enough, you know, three First Nations.
1: Yeah, in an indigenous, indigenous car mode. Mode.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so I remember sitting down going, I'm going to let these guys know that God's on my side really quick. So began <laughs> to have conversations and because announced. Because you were afraid. Yeah, I was afraid. <laughs> okay. And uh, I wanted them to know that if they were messing with me, they were messing with God. Okay. And so I made it clear that I was on staff at Briarcrest and just made sure that they understood right. my association with a Christian uh, college. Yeah. And the fact that I was a man of faith and just kind of wanted to lay it out there. So that wasn't a very, it wasn't <laughs> intended on my part to be an evangelistic moment, it was a, it was a <laughs> defensive moment. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to plant that flag to go, um, I'm covered by someone with a lot of authority. Right. And so then there was like, we were driving already at this point. Yeah. And so then there was this, this silent moment for a while and then they, they kind of started snickering just a little bit and I went, okay, what's, what's coming next? And then one of them turned to me and said, you're not going to believe this. But uh, the three of us just spent the weekend down in Regina at a conference that was teaching and encouraging us to um, share Christ with whoever we came across. And we were challenged <laughs> to pick up some hitchhikers on the way home. So lo and behold, that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to pick you up and share and Christ with you. Lead you to Jesus. So we just had a great time wow. laughing about it. And uh, and so, yeah, I, it just completely kind of threw me. It's an that was upending, not the right? It's a,
1: it's a turning on its head. Yeah. So then you see yourself clearly. <laughs> And you realize that your biases and your judgments were way wrong in terms of how you were approaching these strangers.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the assumptions were definitely in a specific camp. Right. And uh, the surprise was that I was diabolically uh, wrong. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I appreciate you sharing about your your protruding plank, if you will, and how then the Lord was getting at uh, your own heart. And Mm -hmm. I think it's probably changed many conversations you've had with many people for the rest of your life, and also your approach to the stranger. Um, I wonder if the Holy Spirit maybe then helps you keep it in check, your judgments or whatever, like like all of us, right? But sometimes we need that, like, bomb-dropping moment to realize yeah. the thing that's sticking out um, and impeding our ability to relate well to someone else.
2: Yeah, the spirit has that little, remember when? <laughs> yeah. Right, so when I find myself in a situation, yeah. Remember, oh yeah, that's right, right. I remember. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's back it up a bit and not assume too quickly. That's awesome. And let's just be open-handed, yeah.
1: Thanks for telling us your story, yeah. Merlin. Hmm. So, Merlin really gets at this idea that, yes, sometimes we get it really wrong and it's humorous, and you and I probably um, won't have that same story in terms of a broken down V dub van. I wish I had the van, if I'm honest. Um, not, Not broken down, but we won't have that same story of that interaction and that hitchhiking trip. But we'll all have opportunities where the Lord will be willing to uncover. Um, what is not healthy in the way we're relating to one another, whether that's racial tensions or other kinds of socioeconomic judgments we might make or um, you name it, there are all kinds of ways that the the Holy Spirit, if we're willing, will get at our biases and judgments that, that plank that's protruding from our eye. And I think if there's one thing I want us to hear today in the teachings of Jesus, it's that Jesus is the one with the ultimate sight And he's the only one who can heal us of our blindness. And so we must invite the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us as our teacher and to break in on us to heal our blindness or in the way of Paul, the apostle, that the scales would fall off our eyes. If you want to borrow another eye image, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Of course, this echoes Jesus's Prayer in Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, forgive and you will be forgiven. Um, and then give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's some warning there in the words of Christ that we must pay attention to. We need the Holy Spirit. To help us with a change of mindset or new thinking, a renewing of our mind or that New Testament word metanoia, which we often translate repentance, but it means literally to think again or to do a 180. We cannot ever change ourselves in our own strength. That would be humanism. We are followers of Jesus and we need him to break in on us and to heal us of our blindness. There is a tremendous prevalence of judgment going on every day in our society. And I want us to be people who can really resonate and lean into the teachings of Jesus in such a way that it'll help us relate better to one another and to those that we share life with. Um, recently, I had just this week, a pastor call me um, or contact me and ask if we could speak. And so we had a quick Zoom She's in another part of the country and didn't know who to talk to. She's had conflict emerge on her staffing team with another pastor that she's working with. And this other pastor in a staff meeting a couple of weeks ago spoke some frustration about um, a statue of Sir John A. MacDonald being pulled down in Ontario, which is in another part um, from where they live, but sort of scorned it and said, this is so ridiculous what's happening. And this other pastor that I know spoke up and tried to gently say well you know maybe you want to think about um, it from their you know their perspective before we speak too harshly um, considering you know some of the things that our first prime minister advocated in terms of um, saying that Indian children should be withdrawn from their parental influence removed. And the only way to do that would be to put them in central industrial training schools where they would acquire the habits and thoughts, the modes of white men and how painful that that must be in the anger and the the long-term intergenerational trauma. Well it didn't go well and it escalated and then another pastor intervened and just said this conversation needs to end. And um, my friend who needed to talk to me happens to be an indigenous pastor. And it's just brokenhearted. And subsequent conversations haven't helped. There's this entrenched defensiveness um, on the part of the, the white pastor and the inability to hear. And I thought, man, if there ever was a sawdust plank scenario, this might be it. Um, the wounding that's happening in the process, the inability to see clearly and to speak generously with um a not judgment and a not condemning posture is needed. And this, you know, might not be the context that you find yourself in, but I think it's important for us to recognize there are real contexts where this has to get on the ground. And I don't want anyone to lose or to despair of their call to serve the church, um, or to be alienated from brother or sister, or especially to bear bad witness to the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? In other words, Jesus is saying loud and clear, pay attention to the plank in your own eye. We need Jesus to heal us of our blindness, to remove whatever impediment we have in how we relate to others. Our biases, in other words, need surgery, Holy Spirit surgery. Whoever the other may be, The way we see them is not clear, and quite frankly, the way we see ourselves is also not clear either if we have a plank protruding, um, obliterating our sight. However the Holy Spirit might speak to you today, I want to invite you to respond to Him. We must respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, or we remain blind, and this is the very thing Jesus warns us against. Our judgment is the measure that's going to be used against us. I I think we avoid words like that in the New Testament. We avoid them in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses that we may be forgiven um, for any trespasses we've committed against you. Uh, That idea that over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus articulated, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. We like to think of it uh, more um, magnanimously, that Jesus will just forgive us and it doesn't matter how we treat others. And I think it's clear here that the measure we use is the measure that will be used against us. So the the conviction of the Holy Spirit is a tremendous gift because it can lead us to repentance. And that repentance can give us new sight, that new way of seeing and thinking, of relating, of being, um, new eyes to see, new ears to hear, and a new way of responding to others. Um, I teach my community to pray that prayer. God, give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear, and give me a heart to respond or to obey. And as often as you're willing and brave to pray that prayer, I have no doubt that like my friend Merlin, the Holy Spirit will break in upon you um, and upon me. Many times the Spirit of God has done this for me, where He's shown me my biases, my judgments, my unhelpful ways of relating. and He's pulled something from my lens, if you will, so that I can relate in a healthier way. Jesus is the only one who can enable us to change our heart posture toward Um, from being one of judgment to being one of generosity, how we listen to the other, how we relate, how we make room for them in our lives, how we receive the gifts of God in and through the one we have been biased against or had judgment toward. This is a tremendous gift, and we see it all through the New Testament. Cornelius knocking at Peter's door, um, Paul having Ananias come to his door so that the scales can come off of his eyes. The one that they were against, the one that they had biased toward um, in the way of God's beautiful upside down kingdom, making all things new. Um, he he will do this in and how we relate to one another. And of course, that has to begin with how we see one another. And this is all part of how he works his good news in and through us. So I I want to encourage you just to pray, ask the Spirit of God to help you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to respond. And I have no doubt he will continue the good work that he's been doing in us and um, throughout the church in Canada. The Lord be with you.
2: You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.